reason why I had a prompting in my heart that we should keep the message short because with the kind of worship and the special rendition we had this morning, if we go home now, we have been blessed. You agree with me? That was something else. It was really, you know, uh, rapturous, the kind that taken right to the sky. But in the next few minutes, we will just listen to one or two things from the Word of God, and I pray as we do so, we shall have that as the icing on the cake, in Jesus' name. We'll talk briefly this afternoon on the topic, His counsel will stand. His counsel will stand. And our test is taken from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Proverbs 19, verse 21. And it says, there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. Hallelujah. And that's very true, is it not? There are many plans in a man's heart. Uh, you know, in those days when the writer was writing this, they had plans in their hearts. But ask me today, we had more plans. I don't know, the average person, what goes through our hearts every day with the bombardment of information all around us, with the multitude of choices that we have to make, with the opportunities that we have to make, various kind of, you know, choices because we have more access to more things. And you can definitely be sure that without any doubt, there are many plans in a man's heart. You know, by career, by family choices, all sorts, all sorts, all sorts. But one thing we are sure of is that there's a conclusion to that. It says, is the lost counsel that will stand. Hallelujah. I believe that for everything, God has a plan and a purpose. It is left to you to recognize those plans and accept them. When I was traveling to church this morning, I was uh, coming uh, early hours of the morning, uh, you know, something happened. As it happened, you know, I believe the Lord quickened that in my heart as kind of, you know, um, that's what I'm saying moment. You know, when you say, well, that's what I'm telling you. You know, at that time of the day, you probably can count on your one hand, uh, the fingers on, on, on one of your hands, the number of cars you will come across. So I got to one of the lights in a slope, you know, quite of a, you know, uh, slopey place. And, um, all, you know, those in-between moments when the amber goes on, you know, either way, you, you can be allowed to, you know, to, to pass, you know, if you, that's two seconds. So just at that moment, uh, I strongly impressed on my head. I should just stop, and I did. Um, nothing much happened, and I took off again. Then I knew immediately that God wanted to say something to me. And then the word to my heart is that for every amber that you see in life, for you to stop, your failure to stop may not necessarily translate into anything immediately. But you can be sure that down the line, there's something that you'll have missed. And it prompted my heart, that, and between that time and the time I got to my destination, the church, there was so much that the Lord spoke unto me. And I was convinced in my heart, without that stop, I would not have had them. 
And so, it is an ongoing thing for every one of us that we do have our own ways. We have our own plans. We have the way we want to do it. But God also has his own plans, and it is a wise thing for us to follow God's own plan. Does that make sense to somebody? And I pray we shall kill into that. Very quickly, I mentioned five things that you need to note out of this passage. Very quickly. Number one, live in the consciousness of the fact that you are capable of making plans and therefore make them. Seems a simple statement. Know that you are being given the authority to plan and plan. Because one of the challenges that we have most of the time is that we keep waiting for God to plan for us. You are allowed to plan. You are allowed to make choices in life. That's what we call spiritual intelligence. And we need to be careful that we don't fall for timidity because there is a thin line between timidity and carefulness. Many times we believe we are being careful, but God is saying, man, you can plan. Man, you can have thoughts. Man, you can make your choices. As long as you allow God's plan to eventually take place, you are still okay. And so that was a very big one for me. And so I'm not going to be timid anymore. I'm going to plan. I'm going to, as long as there are not sinful plans I'm making, God will choose out of those things that you have planned and we use them. Because many have refused to reach where God wants them to be simply because they have decided to sit on their hands, as they say. Don't sit on your hand. If it is to evangelize, get up and do something. If it is to be charitable to somebody, get up and do something. Prayer, prayer. Because many at times, we make it so tedious as if we must be guided as if we are robots. God has given us liberty. Please be free to plan. Because in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Timothy was a guy that was harassed by the And his father in the Lord, Paul the apostle, was writing unto him and he said, Timothy, son, you have not been given the spirit of timidity, but you have been given the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. You know what the sound mind means? A mind that can think. A mind that can plan. So don't, don't, don't sit and just say, you know, I don't know what to do. You know, do something. Because somewhere along the line, he mentioned unto us in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, that it is when you move to the left or to the right that you will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way to go. Do you know it's very difficult, actually it's impossible to steer a stationary vehicle. Have you tried it before? To steer a stationary vehicle. Thank God for the day of past steering. Even then, in those days when there were no past tennis, how many of you, uh, maybe one or two will raise their hands here, drove vehicles that were not power steering? I'm talking of, are you sure? Really? Wherever you are driving, it must be 19th century. <laughs> because by virtue of age, you should not be driving a vehicle that's not power steering. <laughs> you are very right. Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, true. That was my first car. And I did something very daring with that car. Did something very daring. I bought it as a 10-year-old car. I was living in a place in Nigeria called Maiduguri. Maiduguri was about 1,000 kilometers from Lagos. And I took a 10-year-old car. I was driving it to Lagos. Boys can be something else. I had an accident shortly after Kaduna. 
And of course, the vehicle was towed back. By then, anyway, the engine has essentially packed up. <laughs> because I, I had no speed limit. I was just firing on. No power steering. But even now that we drive the one with power steering, believe you me, folks, it is difficult to steer a vehicle without you moving. And so what is the Lord saying to you? Move, and it will steer you. Make a move, and it will direct you. Don't sit on your hand. Keep moving. All you need to succeed, God has given you Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. He says, giving unto us all things, all blessings, all spiritual blessings, heavenly places, all he has given unto us. Number two point, do not, do not only live in the consciousness of the fact that you are capable of making plans. Always remember that your actions and inactions have consequences. You know what? We can fool some of the people some of the time. But you cannot fool all the people all of the time. Try it. You can't. No matter how clever you are. And uh, I, I had a story from a friend of mine. And it was, it's something that happened to a friend's friend. It happened to his friend. Now, this is friend lives somewhere in Michigan in, uh, in, in, in the United States of America. Michigan is in which state? Missouri? Anyway, whatever where it was. He lives in Michigan. And then... Now, this guy just got to states, and he was just trying to settle down. And, you know, in the United States, thank God. Somebody said, thank God for UK. Uh, you don't know what I'm saying that for. <laughs> say, thank God for, for the United Kingdom. You know, SF is not free over there. And so, and believe you me, for one thing, one, one reason why God will continue to bless this nation, irrespective of the demonic agenda, is the care for the people in the land. And internalize that as well. They found fathers through the ages. God has put that in their heart and the care of the people. Story for another day. Anyway, this guy had a sickness, wanted to go to a hospital down in the States, and you don't see a doctor for free, unless in emergency. So what people do is that you go very, very sick before you go. He didn't wait for that. He decided to go, and the doctor was going to see the payment chart was like this. Your first visit, $500. Subsequent visits, because that's the time to register you. Why do you say, ah, and they do a general test of what you don't need. You know, even if I two years old, they check your cholesterol, you know. So they just, they just make sure. I mean, they just, they just must do something. They must justify it. And they do S-card, they do everything. So $500, first visit, then $100 for every other visit. So this friend of ours decided to be very clever. And the wife said, look, we're on a very tight budget, darling. All you have for earth is only 600 and so the guy said, ah, I'm not going to spend even that 500. What I would do is I would play a trick. So the guy went inside the room and he saw the doctor, got very chappy as, you know, Americans could be wonderful people. He said, hi, man. He said, he said well, he said, I'm just returning for a follow-up to my, for my visit. I said, the doctor looked at him very well. He said, okay. He said, ah, nice to see you, Miles. Nice to see you. He said, continue with that treatment I gave you before. <laughs> We can fool some of the people some of the time. I must have calmed down. I said, okay, check me properly now. <laughs> Your actions and inactions, they have consequences. But even then, the truth of the matter is that you cannot fool God. We don't get away with fooling people. You can. I mean, a few of you have fooled me before. Usually, you've not been able to do it more than twice. By the third time, I get it. <laughs> but you can't fool God once. And believe you me, 
I'm not daft. How you been successful? Just fool me. And many other people, not many of you, you are, you are not tristars. You are tristars. You are wonderful people. We are. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Put that on the screen for me, please. Hebrews 4, 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him with whom we must give or to whom we must give an account. So whatever we are planning, the fact that he says it is what God decides to do that we stand is telling me a story that I need to be very careful and not play games with him. Number three, very quickly, never be afraid of the plans of men against you or be too excited about the plans others make in your favor. Never be afraid of the plans of men against you and you do not need to be too excited about plans that people make that you think may favor you. You know the reason why. Because the arm of flesh will fail. Isaiah chapter 31 verse 3. The best of us, even though we want to do it, we do fail because of circumstances beyond our control. And I can assure you folks, people will always have plans for or against you. The good thing that does not matter. Because it is the counsel of the Lord that shall stand in your life. You know, Joseph saw both ends of that. He saw the plan of his father completely blown up in his face. If he's been relying on the plan of the father, that you are my choice boy, I gave you the best clothes. Well, somebody snuffed it off one day. And at the same time, he saw the bad part of life when his brother said they would sell him out and sell him to slavery. God's plan was that which eventually took place in his life. So either way, this boy, I've seen it all. He's seen when he was favored, he find that the favor of men, well, except God backs it up with faith. He saw that the opposition of men, you know, as long as God is beside you, it will not stand against you. So please, as much as you want to say thank you to people for trying to help you, don't put all your trust in them. One thing the Lord showed me this morning before I give you this verse, and that's it for somebody here. I wrote it at this particular point. There are ancestral and ancient forces working against you. But the Lord says they are dead. Amen. I don't know who that one is for. Because in Isaiah chapter 54, Isaiah 54 verse 15, so when no verse to us, Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. The next verse. Behold, I have created a blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Do not be afraid of the plans of the heart of men. It will not stand. 
And may I also encourage you, Church of Jesus Christ in the United Kingdom, don't worry about some agenda of other religions to take over Britain. It shall not stand. And I don't know why you are worried. That's why that song that the choir, the medley moved me. He said, just trust God. Forget about all the nonsense stories that people have written. And that's how it happened in some other places. As long as the Lord God of Israel lives, with all the help he has sent to this nation, those that are in and outside here, this nation shall not become or come under any other religion but Christ in the name of Jesus. So I'm charging you, calm down. Because in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, it says, In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. You know me for that. The last thing I want is somebody giving, you know, hippie-jippie, worry-worry. It doesn't change anything. Calm down. We've got our heavenly strategies in place. You know what? All their plan is one good session of prayer. God will change everything around. We only need to touch the heavens. You know God is interested in this nation more than you are. Do you know the nations of the world, they still turning back onto the Lord? Listen carefully. Great Britain is not an Islamic country, cannot be. It's not a Hindu country, cannot be. It was supposed to be a Christian country. And no country is really a Christian country, but it was based on Christian principle. That's the best you can say. But let me tell you, it will take a lot from hell. And forces of hell are hearing that now. To turn this nation away from God unto idolatry, it will take a lot. You know why I'm saying that? A nation that is 99% Christian, 25 years ago, so the 99% Muslim, um, 25 years ago, is 30% born again now, Indonesia. You are telling me that God will turn another one. Don't give the enemy the opportunity to gloat. From now on, stop worrying over your life. Choir, if, if, did, give me that tape of that, your medley. It, it's, it's heavenly. Everything was in that medley. Trust him. Don't be afraid. Put your confidence in him. This living God that we serve, this God that we serve, I know him. And I'm not proud. I can say I know God. Let me tell you a short story. I, that, that moved me against this weekend. It's, it might not be related to this, but it's also related to it because talking about revival. Uh, uh, thank you very much, um, Eldaron, very powerful tape he gave me. It was about the Lewis Revival. And I've been listening to it carefully. Duncan Campbell. I've been to Lewis, as some of you have mentioned to a few of you. Wonderful place. You can still see the, feel the presence of God there. I think when I came back, I shared with some of you here. I just started to go and I said, let me just relax. And it wasn't much of relaxing, but a time to just feel a place where God has soaked with power before. Uh, no, I have a friend there, um, Tommy. We had a wonderful time over that weekend. His program was started, was started traveling the second day. And God just put it in his side. He said, ah, Chris, I can't see you. I said, okay, that's fine. Immediately, I called back about three minutes later. I said, Chris, we must see. And we sat down. I mean, we started gisting. Wonderful guy. He's pastor in one of the church of Scotland's there. And he was bearing his heart onto me. I mean, in that place, the last night VG they had was 7 to 5 a.m. And you say you are praying here. They had one prayer session. They started at 2 p.m. on Saturday. They finished 7 a.m. on Sunday. People went home, had their back, and came back. 
Are you seeing now that God is moving many places? Are you seeing that God has not given up this nation? Are you saying that, that the same grace of God will flow around this whole nation? Are you telling me some, some funny religion will take up Great Britain? We have part to do. I'm not, delus- I'm not deluded. But when we pray, God will move the heart of men to do the right thing. And if I close at this point, I know the message has been delivered. Don't stop praying. There's nothing. I'm, I'm here because of somebody's prayer. I'm preaching in this because of somebody. But God interrupted my life because of all this prayer. The woman that prayed me to be born again was in my own family, I know. I will never forget. When I was doing my thing, there's nothing. Prayer, prayer is what changes everything. And I'm not talking of long prayer. We must have, in fact, we begin to have long prayer meetings now. But I'm not talking of only that. Even those ones who breathe, I I say, Lord, where will you do it? You know you will do it. Dr. Kabe was saying in that particular tape, I was, I was on the point of fear of God. When he first got to, 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 to Lewis, he was in Edinburgh. Anyway, eventually got to Lewis, and he made clear that he was not the one that started the revival that God used, that two elderly women have been praying for years, that revival should come to that, time, to that vicinity, and it came. The place was called Baba. And anyway, so when he got there, one of the elders in the church, you know, approached him before they, they went on at all. And he said, well, I, I, I hope we ask guest minister that. We don't tell him what do we? Come on, I mean, I, I, I was shocked. When I heard that, he said he approached um, Mr. Campbell, uh, Duncan Campbell, and he asked him, he said, Mr. Campbell, are you working with God? <laughs> you have a guest minister. He said, before you mind the pulpit, let me check again. Are you working with God? The man paused. He said, well, I can see I fear him. And the other man said, we can work with that one. I shared that with Pastor, one of my senior pastors yesterday, and we spent almost 30 minutes on that, the fear of God. What I'm talking about is that the knowledge of God and what you can say about what you know about, you, what you know about God is very paramount. Can you really say, if, we, if somebody pinches you, that you know God to some degree? That's why I'm standing here today. By the special grace of God, I know God. You know? And it's not pride. I know him as a consuming fire. He's burnt me a few times. He didn't consume me. I know him as a God of love. If for only those two, I can go to sleep. He's showered love upon me. He has allowed incredible things. My relationship with him is between, with him is personal. And uh, somebody was saying, uh, a preacher was preaching, and the man was saying, and somebody wanted to know. He said, what is it? He said, what's your own business between me and God? And believe you me, the love he has shown me is between me and him. I will close in a minute. Let me just drop one or two points very quickly. Where I stopped was that please calm down, be confident. This nation is safe in the hand of God. Can I hear a rapturous amen to that? Amen. And to fulfill it, it will nudge you, it will wake you, it will pull you, it will do whatever it needs to do to make sure that his counsel will stand in this nation. And it will stand. And in all the nations that you have love and affiliation with, the counsel of the Lord will stand. No Islamic terrorist group will have final dominion. They can't, no, they can't have the last say. God will have the last say. He's the counsel. Many are the plans in a man's heart. They are planning attack, they are planning that, but it's the counsel of the Lord that will stand. Does one want to agree with me? It's the counsel of the Lord that will stand? It will stand. It will stand. It has always stood. It will stand. 
God counsel always include grace. My point number four. Did you take three points already? Point number four. God's counsel always include grace. And therefore, find that God's counsel and receive God's counsel. Everything God does, there must be an element of grace in it. That's why whatever is happening, it could tell you that in everything, give thanks. Because he knows that there is an element of grace in it. Can you imagine King David, a young 17-year-old, chased all over the place. He has just been, you know, he was having a good time blowing his flute on the field, rearing his father's few sheep that he had because he mentioned they were a poor family because his elder brother asked him, he said, who did you leave the few sheep that we had? So it was a fairly poor family. They, were not, they didn't have many. He was, his best friends were sheep and everything. He was not particularly relational. In actual fact, his brother did not even know that they needed to, to, to mention to their dad that we still had a brother. He, was, he must have been a loner. That's why it could be a, a psalmist, it could be a poet, it could be a songwriter. Usually they, they retreated unto themselves. But one day God picked him out and decided to make him king. They anointed him king over Israel. The boy that should have had it easy, he never had a relational skill, he never had any way to rule a nation. He was just on his own and suddenly God plugged him. Thinking that that was the worst of it all, he started being chased around by Saul. But the boy never knew all this. There was grace inbuilt into it. That was the time he developed properly his military skills. That was the time he developed his relational skills. Because when the 600 men came unto him, he practiced with them how to rule men before he was eventually taken back how to rule the nation. Whatever you are going through is a school for where God is taking you. Because the story of David was one that always intrigued me. He was an unwilling person that God picked up, but always never, always never forgot where God picked him from. Grace manifested in his life. And I don't know whatever the hardship you may be going through. It does not matter. There is an element of grace in it. Hallelujah. Your plans have not gone. You can have many plans. God said, feel free. If they don't go through, don't worry. There's a counsel of God. That's what we stand. That's why the captain of, in, 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 in the old airline called Nigerian Air, Air, Airways, was it called? Whatever it was called. They, they went on strike. He was the head of, the, of, of, of their union at that time. He led them in a strike. And as they, they, they went on an industrial action, they went on a strike, you know, whatever it was, and the government clamped down. The owner of the company clamped down very heavily on them, sat down of them. He was the first to be sacked. Immediately the was sad. The man didn't know what to do with his life. Went back. I know him personally. I know his wife. And I know what I'm talking about. The man went back to the drain board. Ended up having an airline of his own. He was the owner of ADC Airline. It was, if he had not been sad, he would have still been taking pay, salaries. He became an employer of many people. There was grace in that situation that he went through. A man fought over the sea to go on a bus. He was going from one town to another. He fought, I must sit there, I must sit there. And everybody, you know, they came and mediated and they said, sorry, somebody is sitting on that bus. You need to wait for the next one. Only God knows when that one will leave. They don't move by hours in that particular part where this story happened. And the man had to stop, you know, disgruntled, unhappy or whatever. He had later on, you know, he lost his seat. But hallelujah, he kept his life. Because everybody on that vehicle eventually perished in an accident grace in what you call disappointment. If anybody was on that bus that knew Jesus, they transferred to heaven. The only sad part is that those that don't know Jesus. But he kept his life. God gave him longer time with his family. 
There's always grace inside the counsel of God. Finally, God has many children. Learn to embrace them because that is a follow-on unto grace. There are many children in the church. Last week, we mentioned a lot about that, about working together with other believers. Listen carefully to me. I have no doubt in my mind because I went through that situation, situation yesterday and I knew, not personal situation, a story that I had, and my heart bled. I knew more people will miss eternity through wrong relationship than through any other thing. Many, they will walk away from Jesus. I said it. No, he said that the Father has given unto me. No man can pluck them out of my hand. Absolutely nobody can pluck them. But a person can walk away. And the easiest way to walk away from the hand of God is in a relationship that you did not allow to walk through bitterness. Because he that does not love his brother, he is a liar. In actual fact, the Bible calls him a murderer. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he mentioned the arise from around verse 9. He said, idolaters, adulterers, murderers, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I plead with you, fix relationships. No matter what anybody has done to you, let it pass. Or have I been hurt? You bet. My friend across the pond will say, oh, oh, you are talking like that, you have not been hurt. Okay, I have not. You have been hurt more than I have. Fine. But I know Jesus was a lot more hurt than you. He forgive. Stephen was hurt more than you. He forgive. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? And so, I know it's not easy. And I don't want to make our pain heavy. I don't know where I'm getting stuck on this. It's not easy. It's not easy. When somebody, it's really people you trusted. People you gave your, you know, you made yourself vulnerable in their hand. that decided to, to disappoint you and betray you. And it's not easy. Your only duty is not to struggle to forgive. Your only duty is to pray for grace to forgive and to follow consciously every effort the Lord will make you. Part of, that answer, part of the answer to that grace is what you are hearing now. And I will pray a short prayer for you. You will be free. You will be free. You won't allow that person to jail you. Why, 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 why is he or she going to win twice? You have won already. You have hurt me already. The grace to just purge my heart and let you go will be mine. There are children within brethren. Learn to embrace them. There are also children without. Most people that are not yet in the kingdom of God. That's why God has sent us to this vicinity to go and bring them into this building. There are many members of this church that are not sitting on the pew yet. Some of them they're still rather high now, but they will come off it. Some probably sitting in brothel now after being abused overnight, what they subjected them. So don't worry. Jesus cleansed many before he will clean them and bring them in. Expect them they are coming in because that is the message of grace. There are some that are so arrogant. They say, who is God? Some of them, their desk is next to your own desk. And every time, they just speak expletives. They just, they, they, in fact, the way, when you mention God, the, the, the arrogance in them. Don't worry. Paul was worse than that. But grace caught him. He was without. He was brought in. So may I please plead with you in the name that's above all names. Many were the plans in the heart of Saul of Tarsus. Many were the plans in the heart of his gang. But the counsel of the Lord stood. And for that, your workmates, counsel of the Lord will stand. 
For that's your neighbor, the counsel of the Lord will stand. Is somebody being encouraged right now? Is somebody before your family member, the counsel of the Lord will stand? When we hear the word of God, is to stay our faith in our heart. It's faith growing in your heart and believing that that person will be saved. That person, the seed that is, you know, the scattered seed that are still there on field and upstairs and everywhere, somebody's name is on that seed. I know some of them are out of town. They've gone to for one function or another. No, there's a seat for them here. If they don't have a seat, you can come and take my seat. I will sit on the speaker to come and preach. But we buy more seats. Hallelujah. <laughs> Brethren, look out. God is a God of all people. Finally, or in conclusion rather, I've mentioned the final point in conclusion. I'll I'll, I'll tell you this just scenario. Imagine a little child. In a few months' time or weeks' time, the schools will break on holiday on the long vacation. Am I right? All right. In in Scotland, we go around mid-June to to last week in June. Um, And you can imagine a child. And the children, they do that a lot. They, They have their own plan, what they will do, where they would love to visit, what they would like to do, maybe the games they would like to play, the television they would like to play, do all sorts, you know, how long they would love to sleep so that you don't wake them early in the morning and cut them around. They have their plans. But you, as the parents, you got a plan for them as well, don't you? And suddenly, surprise, surprise, when they are taking all the time, making their own plans and everything, then you come out with your own plan. Because these are life, real life situations. Parents, have you been there before? All right. And, they come, and you come out with your own plans. Of course, they feel disappointed in the first instance. Of course, your own plan is a lot better. Because your own plan involves a lot of good money that you can spend. Most of them, you know, they, it's just what they have around. And so, they, oh, wow. So, we'll be today. We'll be Initially, they were disappointed. Oh, so I'm not going to play a game, whatever. I, I talk for this length of time. So, we'll visit this place. We start, you know, we we'll go on a ride. Oh, fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful. And then, disappointment will vanish. But you see, something has happened in that transaction. That child has grown in ability to think and plan even though none of his plan has been executed. That was my first point. And I link it to the last point. Don't stop working with God and making your plans. You are being built at the same time, but eventually when the plan of God comes to pass in your life, you are still all the better for it. And that's why you hold on tight onto that fact that, Lord, your counsel will start. Your counsel will start. Bow down your head, let me pray for you. I left those moments for you to ponder. I leave a few more seconds for you to ponder and probably say something to God. And all these things that we mentioned, brothers and sisters, friends, especially built on my last point, is predicated on one thing, relationship with God. And that's something we cannot just assume. We must get it right. So, check yourself. See where you are. Because God's best plans are for his own. If you are his, 
and everything is going on well, praise God. If you are east and things are not going too well, praise God anyhow. But, take a step. But if you cannot say that you are east, someone were to ask you, are you a child of God? And you have to explain it or you have to... I told you that by the special grace of God, somehow I know I know him. If you know that you don't, it's a good time for you to pray. To ask God to come to your heart. That you will have a relationship with him. We call it being born all over again as a brand new person. When you do that, you feel a weight lifted from your shoulder. Your shoulders shall be free. And so I encourage you at this time, please ask God. Don't take it as what preachers always do. See it as a specific message to rescue you today. I will pray for you in a minute if you are in any of this category before I pray a general prayer for the church. If you are any, in any of these categories, with all our hasty, but just lift up your hand wherever you are. I want to identify you and pray with you wherever you are. You know that you know him, but things are not working as they ought to be. Ask him to come in today. Let it not be that it will be said that you are not given the opportunity. Oh, you never knew him at all. You want to just have a relationship with him today. If you know you are working well with the Lord, keep praying for yourself. Let nobody be a spectator at this moment. Keep asking that his plans will come to pass in your life. Keep asking that you will not shy away from making the right plans you need to make. I will pray in the moment. If I have anyone, I want me to pray for them along that line. I will do so. If there's none, I will pray the general prayer now. Father, we thank you. We are grateful for the opportunity to hear your word. The Bible says, your word is yea and amen in Christ Jesus, meaning that essentially it is all in all. So I ask right now, Father, that anyone and everyone that has brought any form of burden into this room this afternoon, lift those burdens from their Father. Let no one live here the same. All through this service, we have cried unto you that our stories will change, that we will trust you more. And I pray that right from this moment, we will trust you more than we've ever trusted you in the name of Jesus. Perform your good pleasure in our lives. Glorify your holy name, O oh God. My prayer is that next time we will meet, there will be testimonies. People will come in here rejoicing. And as you have led us earlier on, concerning 
issues that have to do with generational or ancestral or ancient barriers. Lord, I pray that just before we all stand up to make that declaration, let every declaration that will be made rend the heavens over us. And let your people be truly free. You will rise up with me. Just drop on my heart that we need to settle that matter. Thank you, Father. That's another thing the Lord showed me. Rise up like soldiers. Just have a one or two minutes to do that very quickly. Shake yourself free. Hallelujah. 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 Every ancestral and ancient barriers that have shot any one of us in, as the Lord said, they have been broken and dead. You will declare it by opposition that they shall stay dead in the name of Jesus Christ. Peradventure, that is what has been hindering all along. And the Lord has revealed it. There's no joy that is greater than that. So you will take the word into your own mouth and we pray it as a confessional kind of prayer. Why do we pray like that? Because the Bible says that we believe unto salvation with the heart and confession is made unto salvation. You know what that means? You are being saved from a situation where you confess a matter. So your salvation from the corner that you have been bossed only comes when you confess with your mouth. And so you're going to make that confession right now. Even though the Lord has said, children, I've gone ahead of you. Those ancestors and generational things, they are going to die. They won't come up. But you will declare it over your life. And you will say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand in the name of Jesus to declare every generational, every ancient, every ancestral Barriers that are holding me down fall and die right now according to the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voices and pray. I didn't plug that prayer from the air. The Lord revealed it clearly. And I know somebody's story is being changed right now. You have constantly been falling at a point. The Lord is saying there are ancient and ancestral barriers. There are gates that have been standing from generations. They need to be broken. They need to be broken. It might be moral issue for you. It might be biological or health issue for you. It might be financial issue for you. It might be spiritual issue. The Lord has said that in my life, ancient and ancestral barriers, that they are broken and they are dead. And there they shall be never to rise up against my life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In the book of Revelation, the Bible says that the serpent spewed water out and the water was going to engulf and drown the woman. The woman was a picture of the church. He said, but the earth helped her. That the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the water. And that's another thing the Lord revealed unto me. That the water to drown you, that the enemy has spewed out of his mouth. God will cause the earth to open up and dry it up. I saw the earth sucking out that flood. 
I saw it soaking out. That's what it showed me. And that flood that you are afraid is rising. It's about to get to your neck and to your nose and to drown you. The Lord said, the earth will help you. So you will say, my father, my father, cause the earth to open its mouth and dry the flood that is about to swallow me in the name of Jesus. Oh, I pray for myself, Father. Every flood the enemy has spewed out of his mouth to drown me, to, to make me to go under. Oh, my Father, my Father, cause the earth to open and to suck the water out and to dry the water so that I may stand on dry land. That head that's about to drown you, you will not drown in him. That child situation that's about to drown your family, that financial situation, that moral issue, that spiritual issue, oh, your church, oh, God, will be here. Earth will open this mouth and we swallow the flood that the enemy has raised. We have just spoken about the United Kingdom and nations of the world. The liar has pulled the water out. And that water is flowing like water into Europe to drown your name, to drown the woman your child. All earth, earth, hear the word of the Lord. Open your mouth and swallow the flood. All earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Open your mouth and swallow the water in the name of Jesus. Somebody pray the Lord that line with me. Oh, the enemy has spewed that water from his mouth. And that water is flowing like a flood unto Europe. And the Lord showed me, he said, the earth swallowed the water up. You water, you will not swallow Europe. You will not swallow Europe in the name of Jesus. Rather, you water, you are the one that will be swallowed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the yoke is broken. And the people of God are freed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Say my shenderia. Oh, my hikeria libo. My satayaka. Oh, yes, Lord. The yoke is broken. And you are free. As the Lord is lifting the ban and the barrier and the pressure upon you, remember to come back and testify. You will be the next to testify. We're only three people. I say you will be the next to testify. And the name of the Lord shall be glorified. Father, we thank you. It is settled. What you have done stays irreversible and all nations shall glorify your name blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus mighty name we pray